One of the things we've been looking at as a church, as you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at what it means to be church by looking at some of the uh, biblical uh, means of grace given to God's church, whether that's membership, eldership, uh, church discipline, spiritual gifts and service, um, that we're looking at what it means to be God's people on his mission. And that isn't anything new at Grace Church. That's been taught since it was founded and established way back meeting in a house in Moss Side in 2003-2004. That that mission of being a community together under Christ, doing God's work, relying on his resources, has always been at the heart of the church. And with our sessions that we've done, our sermon series in 1 Thessalonians this time last year, and 1 John uh, in spring of this year, we couldn't help but see the clear commands to love one another, to be people who are on community, sharing life, exhorting each other, encouraging, correcting, walking alongside each other, doing active discipleship. And that in that context, we want to take seriously, well, what does it mean to help grow and build each other up as disciples? And so building on that sermon input, the word input we've had in our life groups, this Two sessions are a real gift, a real privilege to have Chris and Zena with us. Because the idea is not to go back over all the foundational stuff. There's a level that we're coming to this day going, yeah, we, we get this. We know this. We know we're called to love one another. We know we're called to be involved in each other's lives, to grow in maturity and pursue Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And so what Chris and Zena are going to help us do this morning is go, well, what does that look like? How do we start to roll up our sleeves and really show that commitment and care and love to one another? And so um, we're doing things purposely in these life groups, and for some, there are guests who are coming in, which is brilliant, either those who are involved with students at seven or aren't currently in a life group or at women's Bible study. So uh, please do welcome one another. And in the conversations, obviously, feel free to go um, as the conversations are led in your discussions, uh, listening to one another with respect, and um, we'll be hearing from Chris and Zena as they steer us in those. But if there are questions, if there are pastoral issues as well that are just on your heart that you feel, I need more time for this, don't, don't ignore that. Don't ignore the Spirit's prompting there. Uh, we will have time to pray with one another. There's going to be a prayer session um, in the afternoon for half an hour, uh, which Grace is leading, which has been built in to just help for response between you and the Lord and each other. Um, we can carry on that work as well that started here over the weeks and months ahead together as a church. So it's a privilege to have Chris and Zena with us. I'm going to pray for them and hand over. We're in their very safe and good and stretching hands as they're going to teach us. And um, yeah, let's just pray together, um, asking for the Lord's blessing on this day. Father, would you open our hearts and minds to receive from you, to be people who will follow your word in the power of your spirit. People who, having invested this day, taking time out of busy calendars or social calendars or whatever it is, saying we want to make this day special for one another. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would do his work in each one of you. Lord Jesus, your will be done today. In all the conversations we'll have, in all the time, for the kids downstairs having their teaching groups, for the meals together, the conversations over tea and coffee, uh, what we're doing now in these groups. Lord, open our hearts to receive from you that we would be fruitful Christians that show your Holy Spirit at work, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Lord, well, that's, we want to see more of this. And so this, this morning, in these sessions, guide Chris and Zena, lead us by your word, give us open ears and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much, Pete. Um, I'm Chris. That's Zena. <laughs> um, I'm on the staff team at City Church Manchester. Uh, it's lovely to be with you all today. Um, as Pete was just praying, the really key bit is that the word of the Lord would build this community for him. And it's that that we want to look at. Most of this morning is going to be practical. Um, I do, we do have to start each session with a little bit of just citing ourselves. And I'm going to go deliberately at quite a pace through that. Some of it's going to hopefully be reminders. Some of it may not be. But we're going to move at pace so that we get to practical. And the I want you to sort of get the overall biblical position rather than every little dot and cross. Yeah? I also need to remember, actually, you want to? Um, so that's just citing yourself. We need to remember God is a triune God. We worship a triune God. He is in relation with himself. It is no surprise that his people, therefore, would be in relation with each other. God is relational, his people are relational. We were created to worship the Lord in his chosen community. Yes, we are all individually called. Yes, we're all individually following the Lord. But have you noticed how many books in the Bible are written to God's people? It's the people of Ephesus. It's the people of Galatia. It is God's people. There are some individual to Timothy, etc., but most of it is to God's people and how we interrelate to each other. There are concepts in Scripture of what is a human being. We are embodied souls. We have a body and a soul, and the heart in Scripture is talking about the central key component, the essence of who we are before the law, before each other. It is not, as the secular position would understand, as something just emotional. It is emotional, but it's vastly more than that. We have the picture of the body of Christ. One body, many parts. A body functions best when it's got all of its parts, and all of its parts working well. And it's really important that each part does its function. No part is greater or less than the other. If your liver's not functioning, the rest of you's not functioning well, you know, the mouth can talk about it all it likes. You see what I'm getting at? So those unseen, important parts are vital. But also, turning up is vital. If bits of your body didn't turn up, it wouldn't go very well. So it's not just about the finger looking after the finger. The finger actually needs to come to help the body. So we're all in it together. So growth in grace 
which is something, Grace, Grace Church, you know, Growth in Grace is a community project. If you think about it, we want to grow in humility, patience. I mean, look at, I'm going to go roaming already. Um, if you look at uh, Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit, joy, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Gentleness, self-control, forbearance, you need each other for that. It's quite hard to grow in that on your own. You need the other person to help you forbear, to help you to be patient. So if we want to grow in the spirit, we need each other um, within that. And then we were going to have a quick look at um, one-anothering verses. There's this term one-anothering, and it's not a term that's widely used, but it's scriptural because we are all needy. We all need a savior. We don't need each other to rescue us. We need Christ to rescue us. We're all needy and we're all needed. So even if you're needing a lot of help, you're still needed within the body. You take up both parts rather than some people being the needy group and some people being the needed group and helping or helping or helpies we're not, we're both. So, I'm going to go through the one and other verses very, very quickly. It's a busy slide, and I'm sorry, but if you can't get it on one slide without making it busy. We need to love one another, outdo one another, showing honor. as a competition to be honoring of each other. Accept one another, greet one another, equal concern for each other, serve one another humbly bearing with one another, being kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, submitting to one another, bearing with each other and forgiving one another, teaching and admonishing one another. That one's in the song. Love increasing and overflow for each other. Encourage one another and build each other up. I'm just going to briefly pause there. Encourage is to put courage into each other. Christ's courage so we are increasing someone's courage in that conversation, but from Christ. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, encouraging one another again. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. There is a lot of one anothering there. And you can get the tone, just going through it fast like that, the tone of Christ speaking to his people and how we say love one another, but there's a lot of practical aspects there. John Frame, a theologian in his book, Salvation Belongs to the Lord, talks about three specific tasks in the missional church, worship, nurture, and witness. And in nurture, John Frame says this, nurture is preaching, teaching, counseling, pastoral care, ministries of mercy, because sin continues in the lives of the regenerate, that's the Christian, the church needs to bring us again and again to repentance. This is not only the work of the clergy, pastors, it is the work of all of us who believe in Jesus and so are regenerated by the Spirit. We're in it together. Yes, your pastors have a specific role, but we all have a role to play in pointing each other to Christ. 
So, I've been on a whistle-stop tour. God's relational, so are his people. We're all needy and needy, and one anothering is scriptural. I've just bombarded you with various verses in that. But how do we do this? Zena. Thank you. So, we'd like to um, suggest... There are some helpful ways to remember and think about as we're thinking about loving one another well. Um, If we think about Christ, he does this and we're seeking to um, embody Christ to each other. So first of all, it's really good to actually move towards each other. And by that I mean, make the first move, be the person who starts the conversation, turn and ask the person next to you how they're doing, how their week has been, or message a person during the week. Christ pursued the lost sheep. He, he looked after his flock. It's really important that we're seeking to do that for each other rather than being the people that sit back and wait for everyone else to do it. As we move towards one another, it's really important that we love one another. We're called to love one another and by this the world will know that we are his disciples. One of the ways that we love one another is to listen well to each other. So not just wait for your opportunity to tell your story and have intersecting monologues, but actually listen well to what the person is saying. And one of the things that helps us to listen well is quite simple. It's just asking questions, just being interested in the other person. But often when you ask questions, it does lead to the person reciprocating and asking you questions. So be ready to share about yourself, about your life, about your heart, about what's going well and about what's, what's hard at the moment. We don't need to come and pretend that everything's great. We know we need a saviour. It's okay to talk about the things that are harder or even the things that are just mundane in life. So now what we're going to do is get our willing volunteer, Phil, to come and join us. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Thank you. So I met Phil for about two seconds this morning uh, <laughs> as Pete volunteered Phil for this task. <laughs> um, and all I'm going to do is simply what I've just been talking about there. And what I'd like you to do is to notice what I'm doing well. Notice some of the ways that one anothering is occurring here, okay? And then we're going to ask for some feedback from the room. So, Phil, how's your week been? Uh, Yes, uh, good, thank you. Um, It's been quite busy. I'm uh, job hunting at the moment, so a lot of my time spent um, at the computer looking looking for work at the moment. Okay, what sort of job are you looking for? Um... I'm casting quite a wide net, uh, mainly um, kind of marketing roles and um, production roles um, in um, a range of industries, but um, a range of things, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds like it's been quite hard work for you. Uh, Yes, it's been, um, well, the actual job searching is okay. It's just the length of time now it's taken to, you know, from from, um, being made redundant up until this point, it's been quite long. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that, sounds, that sounds hard. And, and how, how are you managing to trust in the Lord while you're in this waiting phase? Um, 
a few things, uh, continuing to read my Bible, uh, trying to carve out time in the day to, to pray um, and, um, and reflect as well. I think it's, it's, it's easy to get caught up in, in the busyness of, of life and, and forget to do those things. So, yeah, those, those two things. That's so encouraging to hear, as you say, really important to be reading the Bible every day and spending time with the Lord. Yeah, that, that, you know, how can I be praying for you in, in this, in this hot, this season of waiting? Yeah, thank you. Uh, ju- just for, for perseverance, really, and, and, and patience um, um, in this context for me, just, just um, uh, for the right job to come up and for, um, for the preparation to take place for me to, to thrive in the interview. And um, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Thank Great. you. Thank you, Phil. It's all right. Round of applause for Phil. Just one second. Just, uh, we're going to feed back. That was a two-minute conversation. I timed it. Okay? Just useful to log. And if that was a Sunday and I was sitting next to Phil in church, I could have actually just said... Can I pray for you now? And maybe done a 30-second prayer for him there about the things that he's just shared, about perseverance, um, about um, the right job, about uh, you know, being able to demonstrate his gifts in the, in the interview, and about him continuing to depend on the Lord in that time. So that would have been quite a good thing to do. Right, so, bit of feedback. What did you think went well? Um, what were some of the things that you observed there? Hands up and Chris is going to come round. Um, I think the things you did well is you almost had like layers of conversation. So you picked up one strand of the conversation, which is job hunting. And then from there, you slowly went into the core of what was happening in his life, looking at the job hunting, the perseverance, and then um, relating that to how his relationship is with the, with, with the Lord at the end of the day. So almost starting quite wide, but ending up, you know, centrally at the Lord. Thank you. Yeah, starting with the situation and then getting to where the person's relationship with the Lord is. So um, uh, thank you for noticing that. Sometimes we get stuck with the situation. The situation is important. You know, Phil is job hunting. That is significant. But it's also really important how his walk with the Lord is. Um, I think you did a lot of affirmation, both in terms of uh, body language and um, verbally. So nodding, saying yes, um, empathy in terms of that must be hard. So trying to actually acknowledge to show that you are listening directly. Absolutely. Thank you. So that's the part about loving the person well and listening well. If you're listening well, then absolutely you should be demonstrating that to them. Thank you. Um, I think mean, there's a few things you didn't do that I know that like it can be sometimes hard not to do. So you didn't like relate it and start talking about your own stuff before you'd even given him chance to talk about his stuff. Um, and you didn't like immediately start offering advice or like yeah. saying, oh, have you tried this, have you tried this? But you just listened and kind of sat in his where Phil's at rather than trying to bring your own stuff to the table straight away. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, that, so if Phil had said, oh, I've been job hunting, and, if, and I then said, that reminds me of when I was last job hunting, and I had to do this, and I had to do that, and I had to do the other, that's what I would term an intersecting monologue. I'm not actually listening to what Phil said. I've just gone on to my own stuff. 
that's not a way of particularly loving each other well. That's a way of saying, I'm the impo important person here and I want to talk about me. So thank you for noticing that, that I didn't do. Thank you. Next one. Uh, yeah, I think it was good about how um, Phil was honest and shared about his, uh, he didn't just stop us saying, I had a good week, um, but he was willing to share about himself and his heart. And I think that was the basis for good conversation. Absolutely. It takes two people to have a conversation, doesn't it? So I was asking questions, but Phil was willing to tell me something significant. He is job hunting. And then when I um, took that deeper and asked about his walk with the Lord, he was willing to talk to me and really talk to all of you about his walk with the Lord. So absolutely, it takes two people to have this conversation. Thank you, Phil, for your fantastic demonstration. Um, I thought it was great that you didn't just say... Um, I will be praying for you, but like, how can I pray for you to actually see what was on his heart in the moment? Not necessarily like, oh, I'll keep you in my prayers, but to try and get to the root of that. And as you said, if you were in church, actually praying in that moment for him. Yep, thank you. That's, um, I don't know if any of you have read the books by Ed Welch. That's an Ed Welch phrase, how can I pray for you? Um, and I think it's really, really helpful because you find out where the person is really at, where their heart is at, um, rather than making um, assumptions. Um, if you haven't read a book called Side by Side by Ed Welch, it's a great book. Um, so I'd really recommend that. I'm just going to, Zena doesn't know this yet, I just thought of it. <laughs> I'm just going to show you one other thing that you've not quite said, but you probably noticed. It's, um, but I'm going to do a conversation that I've had done to me many times in church. And just what's the difference at the, specifically at the starting point? So um, I'm coming up to Zena. Pretend I don't really know Zena. Or, yeah, just rather than getting somebody else up. Yeah. Oh, hi, you okay? Hi, yeah. Yeah, great. I mean, it's a lovely day. Is it yeah. fine weather? What are you doing to you know? What are you going to be doing later? Uh, I'm not quite sure yet. Well, I'm going to go and go and play ultimate frisbee. Not that I can. I've done my Achilles in, but you know, anyways. Um, so anyway, that's the end of the conversation. Is and and it's off. Bye. It's great to see you. Yeah. What was different? What, especially at the beginning, and I put it to you, you've had those conversations. I've done those conversations. <laughs> Thank you for being it, honest. It's the, I, I'd say, you, you, so you started with more of a leading question. You said, I think, are you okay? And it's hard to say no to that. Whereas, how's your week been or something like that is, is easier to, for the person to gauge where they want to go with the conversation. Yeah, and I was asked, the, the most common question I was asked um, at City Church, when I was in a wheelchair having ruptured my Achilles and I'm sort of sat there, are you okay? And what am I supposed to say? <laughs> but my point is, you're absolutely right, it's a closed question. It can go really nowhere. And all I'm communicating through everything that I'm saying is, I'm saying something to you, but I'm off. And I think it's... Having moved to Manchester 16 months ago, I think it's a phrase that is used in Manchester more than other parts of the country. So my non-Christian colleagues at work say, hi, are you okay? And it's almost like it's a greeting, a bit like the French say, ça va? Ça va? It, and so as Christians, we need, to, we need to notice that. 
and, and maybe have a different way of saying, great to see you today. If you're not ready for a conversation, if you haven't got the time aside, then acknowledge the person, but saying, are you okay? It's, it only has one answer, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we have another hand go up over here. Uh, yeah, it was just a quick one. Um, so I do say, are you okay a lot, actually? Um, but I think sometimes that's because it, it's hard to start conversations uh, with, with people and you just sort of feel the first thing that comes to you, you sort of say the first thing that comes to your head, which is, are you okay? And sort of hoping the person um, takes that and sometimes be honest. But I, I think and that's why it's useful to have sessions like this to help people to sort of know, because it's, it's not always easy for for people to start conversations with, but I think, I think a lot of people or introverts find that hard to do. Um, but yeah, I, I think practice, practice makes, 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 makes perfect. So, so just wanted to highlight that. No, thank you. And Anna sat next to somebody, how are you? Now, Phil was essentially primed and willing. That is important and went there. And as a church, actually being willing to be vulnerable is important. But somebody, how are you, can answer that at a lighter level. And you can stay there. Yeah? Um, anyway. I think it's also interesting when we're in church. Sometimes we make the assumption that everyone is in paid employment. So when we're trying to get to know people, sometimes we say, what job do you do? Um, which, which can be quite tricky for someone who's not in paid employment. So thinking about that as a phrase, you know, what have you been doing in your week? How's your week been? Um, it, it, it doesn't make assumptions that someone's in paid employment because we want our church family to be welcoming to everyone, no matter what um, socioeconomic background uh, the person's from. One other thing, and then... We'll get to the next part. Um, remembering people's names is hard. Yeah, uh, uh, Learning a whole church's names, as uh, we've had to try and do, uh, is impossible. Um, I do try and be honest and say, I'm really sorry I've forgotten your name. But there comes a point where it gets a little bit embarrassing. Um, I am advocating for, not quite got there yet, but I'm, I'm pitching it to Pete now. I'm advocating for Name Amnesty Sundays where you put names on um, and everybody does it and then you can sort of go up to somebody that you've met many times. You know their story, you know what's going on, but the name escapes you. Um, I think that's just really helpful. Yeah, so it's great that you've all got name badges today. Fantastic for whoever thought of that. <laughs> okay, so um, having watched Phil and I, what we'd now like you to do is um, get into pairs in your groups, preferably not with your spouse, because preferably, hopefully you've already had a conversation and you know how your spouse is doing. Um, if you need to move around a little bit within, within the room because you've got odd numbers in your groups, or if you want to turn into a three rather than a two, um, and then we'd just like you to have a, com have a conversation um, with the person, um, remember all of these things, move towards, love the person, listen well, um, ask questions and be ready to talk about your heart. So you can flip it round, you can ask the person how they're doing as well. It, ca it can be uh, both directional. We cut Phil off before he had the opportunity to do that to me. Um, so yeah, so if you just get into your pairs and then we're gonna get a bit of um, feedback from that as well.
Right. If we could draw things to a close, I know you're all still chattering away. We have to break in somehow. Fantastic to hear so many conversations going on. That's really great. Um, so, a bit of feedback. How did you find that? Anything um, that you think went well? Anything that you think was helpful that you wanted to share? I'll be the not-so-beautiful assistant running around. Oh, right at the back. Uh, we discussed how, when you're asking someone how they're doing, it can bring about different responses in different people. So we shared our personal views on it. So um, I often asked how I'm doing or how my week has been. Sometimes I can feel quite defensive because I'm not in a place where I feel I'd like to discuss that. Um, but for others, they need to be asked because it's an opportunity for them um, to open up. And sometimes direct questioning is helpful and sometimes it's not. Like, how are you in your bereavement or how are you in your mental health or how are you in your job applications? But again, that can make people feel like they're cornered a little bit if they're not willing to or wanting to open up about that. So it can be tricky depending on personality type. And depending on their situation and where they're at spiritually, um, abs absolutely. And, and I think um, depending on how well you know each other, so you're going to open up different amounts to different people. Um, you need to think about how, you, how you're wise and loving in terms of how much you share and, and open up. So um, absolutely, if, you, if you've got something really, really difficult going on in your life and someone who's a relative stranger to you asks you how you're doing and you don't feel like sharing, um, that's also okay. It's good that you, it's important to be sharing maybe with someone that you know a bit better. So there is a sense in sometimes loving each other well, it is noticing that the person actually doesn't want that conversation to open up on that occasion, yeah? So that's, I think that's what you're saying about not everyone wants to give you their life story when you ask them uh, an open question like, how's your week been? And I think noticing that is really, really important as well. Thank you. Next one, next point. Uh, yeah, I was gonna just say, um, yeah, I think when, when you are starting to have a more like deeper conversation, I guess, I thought it was helpful, like the prompt to kind of bring that into more spiritual things or like to give the opportunity for that because I suppose sometimes I'll have a conversation with someone but then I don't know I'm afraid to like go there so I just kind of move on or like ask something else to bring it back round and yeah so I found it helpful being kind of pushed to do that um but then I guess I've got some of the same fears of well what they were saying before if like somebody doesn't want to open up or 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 they don't feel ready, I don't want to, it's, it's hard to gauge, isn't it, with the other person, wh whether you're doing the right thing or not for that situation, so, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we're, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, and that's what we can do for each other that our non-Christian friends can't do for us. We can ask about how, how our walk with the Lord is, and, and actually, you know, as a church, you're all, you're all here together today, um, and so, Hopefully, that means you're all more willing to do that with each other. But, but yes, absolutely, Catherine. For some people, that's going to be a, 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 a touchy subject right now, and they might not want to go there, and they might give you a much more superficial answer, or they might change the subject. And if they change the subject, you need to change with them, not just 
No, I'm your sister in Christ. You will tell me something spiritual. Great, thank you. And whatever level you get to, you can still ask, how can I pray for you? You don't have to ask. It's not a sort of mandatory question, but you, you can. And I think the other thing on the other side is, if you're asked the great question, but it's a relative stranger, I'm not going to spew everything out at, at them. That's just not actually loving in that way. Saying something, but not necessarily everything. Thanks for the other side. Actually, I have a question based on our conversation, okay? Um, how can we as Christians be authentic about asking someone something and not like programmed um, or, okay, we need to do it just because we're Christians, you know, and be very intentional, very caring, um, and in the same time, um, hearing in a, in a very intentional way what the other person says? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, we'll probably both have some thoughts on this. Um, my, my first thought is um, it's about your walk with the Lord. Um, so, it, it, so it's about spending time with the Lord every day and therefore seeing the importance of loving each other well. Um, thinking about what uh, you've been hearing in, in sermons recently and, and that being the encouragement to, to, to love one another well rather than, as you say, it being a script or a program or I have to do this. So I think it is because the Lord loves us that we love each other. 1 John 4, we love because he first loved us. Um, and I think that needs to be our motivating factor. So if we're noticing that we're struggling to be authentic and love one another well, my suggestion would be go back to the Lord, go back to his love for you, and that be the motivating factor to love one another well. So I've just pulled up all the one anothering um, verses without the scripture bits. But So what we're trying to do is help, not, not sort of um, an algorithm, that you must ask this question followed by that question followed by the other question, but it's a heart attitude, and it's an openness of asking questions and willingness to respond in a reasonable level. And if you look through the one anothering verses, coming from a place of loving that other person would help that principle, both from um, the lady at the back of that, actually, how much do I share and when do I... Actually, there's a loving one another element to that. And if you're coming with a, a loving attitude, then that is an authentic Christian attitude, but it's, it's loving that person, greeting them, accepting them, equal concern, and that may be following in the question or leaning backwards in the question, but that you are genuinely there and asking, rather than my, you okay, actually I've got something better to do, but I, I know that I'm supposed to speak to you, so I've, I've done that, tick. How many people did you speak to today? Well, I could get around everybody in that one, yeah. Um, so it's that Christ love and noticing rather than I must get to this point or that point from an algorithm. Yeah. Really good question, which is a wonderful segue into do people have questions just about the stuff we've been doing um, uh, right now in this, this first hour? 
Um, we were talking a little bit about, um, so the example of, um, you know, looking for work, and maybe you've been through that. Um, it, might, it might not be helpful to say, well, I've, I was looking for work, and, but we're, we're, we're wondering when and how it is appropriate to um, share similar experiences. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it may well be appropriate. Um, I think the point I was trying to is when I just take a word that Phil has said and then start relating it to myself, I'm not actually loving Phil well. But yes, if we were going to have a longer conversation, then there might have been something that I had personally to share about that situation. And you won't all have been in all of everyone else's situations, but it is really helpful to know um, other brothers and sisters in Christ that have been in the same situation. So um, 2 Corinthians 1, Paul talks about uh, we comfort each other with the comfort we have received from the Lord. And part of that is saying, yeah, I've been there and the Lord sustained me through it. He is a faithful God or you know, a longer version of that. So yes, sharing your own experiences is really helpful. And again, if you're in a, it's not going to be in this one, two minute conversation necessarily you're going to get there, but in an ongoing or a longer conversation, because it's important to not portray oneself as sorted and, you know, and the other person isn't, because we're all needy and needed. And that aspect of we're in it together Rather, it's back to the, is it, are you trying to love that other person and encourage them and show them, look, yeah, we're all in this together, or is it pointing to yourself um, within that, you know, well, actually, I manage this, and I think you should do that. Um, but you thinking, actually, Chris and Zena are sorted, um, us sharing something, showing where that was not necessarily the case, because we're all needing a saviour. There's only one perfect person that was Jesus you see what I mean so that that aspect it would be would be wise to do so um, my question has to do with culture so obviously in a church you have very different cultures and peoples um, and when it comes to loving a person it can look very different across culture how do we I guess unify that um, around Christ because for example I, I grew up in Zimbabwe where um, people are, are very blunt, say things um, as they are. And when it comes to maybe things like um, small talk, I find that really difficult. However, some people could find it very um, loving and a good way to, to have a conversation with, persons, with, with that person. So how do you find maybe that balance of interweaving the cultures but then centering it around Christ? What a good question. <laughs> um, So the first thing I would say was going back to scripture is, is this is relevant for all people at all times. So um, we, we can't just say I'm British, therefore I don't go deep. I just talk about the weather because the Bible tells us that we need to. Um, I, think it's, I think it's so wonderful when we have a mix, mixture of different cultures. So wonderful that here, to hear that in Zimbabwe people go deep quickly. Um, I guess if you're from a, from a cultural background where you might go deep quicker, maybe it's watching how that other person is responding because maybe they might not be going at quite the speed that you're going. But also as a church family, I think it's really important to, to, um, to love people where we're at. So not expect everyone to conform to the same way of being. God has created us all individually and given us individual experiences. 
So some people, it's going to be a, a small talk, superficial conversation, and maybe if you're a person who is used to going deep quicker, maybe that's one of the places that God is teaching you how to be patient with your brothers and sisters in Christ, whilst you have to have repeated small talk conversations before they actually go deep. So if you're a person that opens up quicker, bearing that in mind, and if you're a person that tends to stay on the superficial and just wants to talk about the weather, then actually remembering um, that in order to do these things, to in order to love one another, to encourage one another, we actually need to share about ourselves. Um, and so that's something that we need to think and be motivated by the Bible rather than just live what we've been brought up in our culture. Yeah, and I would also say I would encourage, that's put courage, into people that feel it's hard to speak a little bit out. So you need some courage from Christ to do that. And we encourage those that want to dive straight in to just have some patience and love and get there. The other word of caution on someone that's wanting to dive in is, are you diving in to love or to tell? Yeah, so sometimes it can get to, I think you should do this and I think you should act quite quickly. I'm not saying that's what you're talking about, but I, I, I've seen that happen. That's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about pointing to Christ within the conversation, praying with one another within those conversations, rather than telling one another, you must do this and that and the other. Because that in the more, more direct cultures, that's what happens. I, I, I grew up in West Germany. They are known for their directness. Yeah, that's not always loving. Yeah, in southern England, never say anything. Um, that's not always loving. Yeah, so it's, it's, we need courage to go to a scriptural way, to a way of God's people. And another thing is actually asking about each other's cultures and, and backgrounds and, and finding out what it's like. Say, I have a friend who's um, Dutch. Um, she doesn't like small talk. She says Dutch people don't do small talk. She likes to go deep. I found it really helpful that she, she's explained that to me. Um, and, and I love my conversations with her because we go deep really quickly. Um, so, you know, I seek her out because I like those conversations. Um, but I think her sharing that with me has helped me to understand her. Um, so, again, being willing to share and listen and hear about each other's cultures um, is really important. If there's no... I was just going to say one other comment. Um, so, if you said, if you've asked a question, so say, I've, I've had the conversation with Phil. If I was back next Sunday, um, it would be important for me to actually follow that up and ask Phil how his job hunting is going. Um, and, if, and if you prayed for someone, it's great to let them know. Just send them a little message, you know, a WhatsApp or a text. Prayed for you today. That is so encouraging to receive. Um, and if you want to share what you prayed, that can be really encouraging as well. But it also shows the person you're thinking about them and loving them through the week, not just on Sundays. So before we break up for whatever there's this gap next if you could just pray for each other in that conversation that you've just had i know that some of you already went there brilliant pray again um but if you could just have a few moments of praying rather than just we we talked so we'll call that to a close when pete told us we needed to close it amen well, thanks very much. I uh, just want to say a massive thank you to Chris and, uh, and Zina. And maybe we want to uh, just clap our hands uh, for them, just to say thanks very much for everything.
Father, thank you so very much for uh, for Chris and Zina and um, for what they've been able to share with us this uh, this morning. Uh, thank you for calling us together um, as as a church. Um, please help us um, to be loving towards each other. Uh, please give us grace to be able to know that and uh, to know how to do that. Um, Father, when we look at the example of Jesus, how he knew how to um, how to be um, to be direct to people, but also how to be kind to people in his conversation. Um, we just pray that the same spirit that was in uh, Jesus that would have that spirit as well um, to follow his example, to know um, how to how to look out for people, how how to chat to people. Um, please help us to break down all our fears and, and barriers. Uh, give us grace to be uh, to be vulnerable. Um, and, and help us to really have that loving, genuine intent uh, to want to know about each other's life, but also to want to encourage people uh, and spare people on um, and to want to outdo each other in, in, in Hannah. Um, and Lord, we know we can't do this by ourselves, and so we come uh, to you um, depending on you. Uh, please help us in, and continue to grow us as we do this as a church family. Um, in, in Jesus' name, amen.